Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Beatrice Murad, and today I'm joined by Michelle Anderer. Hello. And April Collins. Hi there. Today we will be discussing the 14th episode of Fruits Basket, That's a Secret. Warning, spoilers for everything that has aired up to this point. Some of us have read the manga, some of us have seen the early 2000s version of the anime, but we won't be spoiling anything beyond episode 14. You can find out more information about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes, on Spotify, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. All right, tell me, general thoughts, how much did you cry? Like on like how many liters of tears or or I don't know how to measure it. Just tell me, walk me through. What are your general emotions, thoughts about this episode? Let's start with you, Michelle. This episode broke me, but it broke me in a couple ways. It broke me in that Momiji's whole situation. Like, I I feel like every time we have a character episode, it's always like, oh my god, that poor character. (laughs) But really, (laughs) this time, the Momiji thing is so sad. And, like, it explains so much. Like, no wonder Momiji, like, tries to hug her all the time. Because, like, his mom, like, is so like disgusted by him that she demands that her memory be wiped because that's too much for her. So like to have somebody embrace that side of him who's a girl especially, I feel like it's a huge deal. And like, oh man, the, the other thing that broke me was just like shipping stuff at the very end or it's just like, oh no. No, no. What what is this? Too many too much happening. The funeral was weirdly like really nice and kind of the funniest part of the episode like it's definitely lighter than the momiji stuff which i thought was like looking back was interesting yeah but i mean yeah this was it's a really heavy episode and a lot happened but like i also really liked this episode like i thought it was really strong and all the emotional stuff um so i like yeah i i i'm glad we have it but it's also a lot to take in. Mostly just poor Momiji, though, for real. Yeah. That's, that's really hard. Where would you rank it, this episode? Oh, man. Uh, like... like you, I don't, you don't have to tell me specifics, but just, like, in tears. Like, is this in the top, middle, bottom? <laughs> I think right now it would be, like, on par with um, Hattori's episode. Really? And I... Consider that pretty high up there. So I'd say like maybe lower top tier, but definitely still in top tier. Gotcha, gotcha. April, tell me. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that was so believable, April. Thank you. I, I did my best. Um, so this episode was hard for me to watch. Um, and like, like, I totally, like, poor Momiji, that's so sad. Um, But it, like, it was hard for me to watch in a different way, um, just because, like, it had, it, like, got me thinking about, like, my own relationship with my mom, and how, like, like, I don't really have a relationship with my mom, and then, like, I felt bad, because I was like, oh, like, 
you know, like I choose not to have a relationship with my mom, but for like really good reasons. And so like, I felt really bad that like, especially the first time that I watched it, just because I was just like, oh, he wants like Mobiji wants so desperately to like be a part of his mom's life. And like that really like comes across in this episode. Uh, so this, uh, yeah, this episode was hard for me. And of course I cried a lot. Um, and I agree. Like, this is a really like solid episode. It's very like top tier. The pacing was very like nice. Um, you have a lot of like really heavy moments, but then you also have like lighthearted heavy moments, um, which you can like really appreciate. Um, especially the whole thing with, um, like Toru's mom and they're celebrating the, you know, the anniversary um, of her passing. And I just thought that was like super sweet. And especially because like both of the boys showed up and yeah, it, it was, um, it was a lot this episode. So, and like, I, I, it's one of those things where like, I, you know, I usually like will watch episodes like multiple times. Um, and like, after I watched it the second time, I, was like, oh, this is, like, just torturing myself because, like, I just knew, like, even the second time around, I still felt it, like, very deeply yeah. inside of me. And I was like, ooh, like, like it's, like, one of those things where, like, I really, like, you're like, oh, like, this, this cuts deep, but, like, I like that it cuts deep and that it is able to cut deep even on the second watching. So I think that kind of says a lot if an episode can, like, draw so much emotion even upon the second watching. Totally, totally. Uh, yeah, um, very high on my list too. Uh, I similarly suffered while watching. Um, <laughs> Momiji is slowly becoming my favorite character. And, it, it, and I'm not surprised because it makes sense. He's a yeah. really good boy. Like, he's, he's a very good boy. Like, he's always sticking up for Toru. And he's even, like, kind of rooting for his mom, which is crazy, kind of, considering we'll the situation, a, we'll, right? We'll, yeah, we'll talk about yeah. We'll talk about um, his mom. But, uh, I don't know, I, I, for me, it was also, like, he's a bunny. Of course he's going to be your favorite. Aww. But then I was, like, but then, I, but in, I remember in, in the manga, I, I remember my favorite, and it wasn't him. So I'm, like, oh, my God. Like, I don't, I don't even remember why my favorite was my favorite. So... Yeah, so Momiji, you are you're slowly becoming my favorite, and I cried so much, and I love you, and you deserve the world. Okay, so let's talk about this opening scene first of all, because I agree. I think one of the reasons why this episode is so successful is that sometimes it can feel uh, the episodes can feel very divided in the way that they in the first part, first half and second half, because I guess they just do like two mini arcs in each episode and they combine them. The one that felt the least dramatic was the Hattori episode because they grabbed a chapter that was not together with the that basically they grabbed two chapters of the manga that didn't go together and they brought them together and it made it flow a lot better um but with this episode it 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 did flow really well um even though it was two distinct moments they just they tied them really well together um but this opening scene I think really set the tone in that it kind of we knew it was going to be all about mom's and that scene with Momiji just l- looking at his mom, like you could just, it just told us everything without even a word. And that line, that first line 
the I don't think there are any memories that are okay to forget. Already, you're like red flags. <laughs> this there is some hurt that's gonna happen. It's gonna it's we're gonna suffer, and here it comes. Like just in all levels, it was great. And then we also learn about Todu's mom's passing. And we learn about that it's the first anniversary, which is kind of surprising to me because I couldn't believe that it had only been a year. Only been a year, was, yeah. yeah. I thought it was a lot longer. So, like, it makes Toru even more so, like, I, it makes her cheerfulness and her positivity even more striking because, I don't I don't know, like, it doesn't, I, I feel like she, like, didn't even allow herself to mourn that much. Like, she just immediately, like, I don't know, just for me, I'm yeah. just, it's just showed so much strength from Todu's perspective. Um, well, from- that's what her, what her friends say, too, right? Cause yeah. Because, yeah. like, like, you know, if she had died, I don't think I could be this chipper a year from now. And their conclusion isn't really, like, she, she's so brave so much as it is, like, she she must really have struggled every day to to put fight her yeah. yeah to put on this yeah. face to fight her own despair for the benefit of everyone else and that is some deep stuff right there yeah. and we're mm-hmm. acknowledging that that is the struggle she's been going through yeah which is yeah. like good on those friends for noticing and acknowledging they that know. Yes. they always yeah. know like she even, yeah I was gonna say, like, she has the best friends, though it also, like, I I cried whenever um, uh, Hanajima was like, if, like, like, if Toru were to die, then I would want, like, my memories erased because yeah, I couldn't bear the yeah. pain. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> that's like, because I, it, I also feel like it's one of those, like, totally relatable, like, moments where, like, there's, someone has at least one person in their life that they're like, I don't know what I would do if that person, like, di- like died or, like, left me. And so I was, I was like, oh, God, oh, I'm crying again. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, I mean, I, I know we talk often about, like, oh, but, like, who's there for Toru? Like, why? Like, she's helping so many people. Who's helping her? But it's like. She's got Hanajima. She's got Arisa. She's 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 got the best friends. And I'm just I love them so much. And every time they're there, I'm just like great. And I want Kyo and Saki to have like a sitcom thing happening. <laughs> oh my god. Just a comedy yes. of them too, of just like her driving him nuts and it's great. Like or just him with both of them, because they both like could make fun of him and it would be great. But yeah, and we get this really interesting kind of shot of Kyo. Where he makes this face once we learn. And it's not even... Clearly he's dealing with something. And we, we'll get to theories about what that something is. But he isn't... Uh, he's going through something. And we already get that. The sense of that in this kind of opening. How effective was it for you? Because I, I feel like this is the strongest cold opening that we've had of... The series. It may not be the best. Like whether or not it's your favorite episode is beside the point. I think this is the strongest opening scene. Do you, is that a hot take or is that a fair take? A Can you take? describe to me what Kyo does in the beginning? Because I don't yeah. remember. I, mean, he just I don't face. remember either. Like, it's not, he doesn't do anything. He's just looking <laughs> oh. very serious at the ground and doesn't acknowledge that he's going to join them. Oh, that. Well, I so like. I guess maybe somebody in his family maybe died and he's afraid of the graveyard. Oh, totally. I I mean, I'm not asking for yeah. theories on him. I'm just asking, like, what do you think of, in general, the opening scene of, like, seeing Momiji and then seeing this thing, like, setting up this episode. How effective was the two, the, this opening sequence? 
We, we'll oh, talk about what, uh, what's going on with Kyo later, but... Well, the opening was very good. I mean, I, I say that because in juxtaposition to the new anime opening, oh, yeah, we'll talk which about is that. extremely peppy, I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, I was blindsided that we were getting a new one because I didn't know that was happening. I guess we're halfway through the first season already is what that means. But that... the. Uh, I mean, it's not bad. The animation got better. I I can say that. But with the this the somber tone we're setting up with the the show opening, and then the anime opening is like here to be very chipper and to throw as many umbrellas in the sky as possible <laughs> in like a minute. That those together were a little odd to me. Okay, but so you do, so you're not the biggest fan of the new opening. <laughs> no, I don't hate it. It's like fine. It's but just you different. Prefer, you prefer the if you could, had to pick between the first and the second opening, you'd pick the original first, slower kind of. Yeah, but I guess maybe the second opening's because like we're in a different part of the story now, and we need a different vibe. And I get that, but I don't know. I really liked the first song, so this is just an adjustment. Gotcha, gotcha. April, where do you fall um, with the opening of like the song and the and the and the tone shifts and stuff? Um, I mean, I guess I wasn't like too disturbed by it. <laughs> you were too disturbed <laughs> by it. That's good advice. Like, I thought that like I actually like even though like it's upbeat and it totally like doesn't fit into the tone of this episode. I I think it's like a good like opening sequence you know it's it's peppy but like i think the only reason i would not like it is if um like if we have this tone like from here on out um then the like this peppy song is just going to be extremely out of place um but something that always bothers me about like anime openings is they always give away stuff yeah and characters yeah yeah and that drives me crazy uh like um what is it because i guess like we're getting some other characters that we haven't seen yet um so i was just like well who are they like how are you gonna throw these people on my face and then go back to people i already know like i mean that uh, happened in the first opening and in the first they had, ending like their too. backs to you or like their hair covering their face it was like a little more mysterious I guess. Yeah, I, just, no, it's I, true, I guess. I just love this opening because it's I oh, really? uh, on I'm gonna be honest. I am always honest, but I'm gonna be extra honest. I usually <laughs> skipped the opening. Like what? I found the first opening, I found it boring. Uh-huh. I didn't like the song. Yes. I was like, this is too slow. <laughs> I have no time for this. Let me go into the good stuff. Same thing with the ending sequence. I didn't care for it. I was like, all right, this is, I'm just going to skip this. <laughs> all of the beautiful men splayed out by the trees and the I'm just grass. saying, look who you're talking to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all I'm going to say on the matter. But, um, but also, I just, I just don't, I just didn't, I don't know. This one, at least, I'm like, all right, it's an upbeat thing. And I'm, like, excited. I'm, like, energized. It's, like, I, it's basically, like, getting me hyped to suffer and i'm down for it i'm like all right make me like for a moment (laughs) for the briefest moment forget that i'm about that these people are very deeply hurt and traumatized let me just be enjoy them being happy for just the littlest time and you know like the umbrellas and the colors and and it's just it was it was like it was fun and i liked it and uh yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it kind of, in terms of, like, the tone shifts, it just reminds me of the Puella Magi Madoka, like, oh, Magica Madoka totally, opening, yeah. where it's like, oh. the show is not that opening. That opening <laughs> is meant to deceive you, and it's like, I, I love it. I love it. I love that kind of shift. It's like, it makes you think the show is one thing, but then you're watching something else, and it's great. Um, but yeah, let's actually go into the suffering I've been <laughs> away long enough. So we learn about Momiji's family. And we learn that, one, that it's his mother who is um, German, um, and that his dad married her in college. Still have questions about, like, what was the reception to this marriage? Like, were people okay with it? Were they not? Because if everyone's so, like, into, like, oh, inside, outside, like, even within the family, there's, like, a rank of, like, you can't, like, Hattori couldn't marry, well, granted, Hattori was a Zodiac, and I'm assuming Momiji, and obviously Momiji's dad wasn't a Zodiac. Yeah. But still, like, this family's very, like, I don't know, it's, like, it's, there's a hierarchy. And so I was, I'm still very curious of how people responded to this uh marriage but yeah so we learn that his mother exists we learn that she's alive we learn that he has a little sister named momo who's in <laughs> second grade and Their names are like the same name momiji momo oh man oh god yeah. like his mom like internally remembers a little bit and it's just it kills me anyway so yeah we learned that his mom doesn't know about him her, uh, we ha- Hattori had like wiped her memories. And before we get into like her decision, all this stuff, dear God, this poor boy, this poor child, Aww. like, I, we talked about it in like when we got into the parents, I think it was during like the, the, the hot springs episode. Yeah. Where, yeah. where we were like, wait, we were so- joking, like, oh, what happens if you hug your kid and he turns into a bunny? That's hilarious. But actually, <laughs> but, but actually, for real though, <laughs> but for real though, like, this is this, this, this. And we also learned about the mom, why she was so, like, extreme about her son. Um, the one that was sick and lived in the hot springs. Like, new information. Children born of the Zodiac curse. One are born early. They're born, I guess. The, the premature, premature, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Like two months early. Um, and they can turn from birth. So we had this theory also that they went maybe it started during puberty or when they were like children, and then it whatever. It starts from birth. So yeah, we learned that moms are either excessively protective or they reject their children completely, which is very one it's very okay so there are various things that we need to talk about just with this fact alone one it's very gendered in that okay so the moms aren't allowed to be emotionally stable at all they're either extremely protective on one end or they just they just collapse on the other so that and then so I'm like, okay, well, what about the dads? Where is, like, the emotional baggage with them? Like, why is it, why, like, I get there's, like, a, there is an, a connection with having, like, literally create, having a child grow within you. But, um, I don't know. I just didn't, like. I, maybe it's because we haven't, we haven't had a Soma mom yet. It's always been the dad, like, Hasori was the guy who brought someone in. She's German. She wasn't a part of the family. Maybe if we had like some guy, like maybe if it was reversed, right? And like the 
the the ram or something is like some lady and she hooks up with the guys of the family she would handle it better because she she can anticipate it she's grown up with it she maybe knows about the zodiac so it's not a huge surprise i feel like part of the issue with these two women we have is that they just don't it's just not part of their life really so it's a bigger shock right I but guess. I it's guess. a weird pattern, on the other hand, also, that it keeps happening and ruining these ladies' lives. But the men are, like, rel- I say relatively unscathed because there was an almost eyeball tragedy from Hatsuri. But right. But he wasn't yeah, a dad, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. There, was, he wasn't yeah. a parent. I'm saying, like, why is it that – like, and, you know, we have the counter we have with, 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 uh, with Todu's mom, you know, who is, like, the perfect, the pinnacle mother. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of just, like, she's, like, the moral compass of the show. But I don't know. I'm just like with these Soma moms. I'm like, wh- why? I don't know. It just reminds me of how people think women are hysterical. And like there's no one. It's not even. They can't be emotionally stable. It's just one or the other. And it's like, I don't know if I like that. But there's also it- the whole thing with like postpartum depression. And the link. There is like a there is like a connection there where it's like, okay, so like if a mother rejects and gets depressed and all this stuff, well, it's like, well. There is, like, without being a Zodiac, that's something we see. So it's, like, there is a link there. No? Like, I don't know. I'm just, like, the way it's being portrayed, like, I appreciate, I like how Momiji never, like, blames her. And never, and we never, and yeah. I don't know. Do, did you guys see her in a net? Did you find, did you think the show portrayed Momiji's mom in a negative way? Or did you find her sympathetic? Where do you fall? Like, where... What do you, what are your thoughts and opinions on Momiji's mother? I guess are you asking about like Momiji's mother like when she still knew Momiji like when Momiji was still her son or like after No, yeah, because after think, like, it's like she's a fine thing. thing. I think it for me yeah, it's like how because I just don't like how I just what makes me slightly uncomfortable is I don't like how they're portraying how these women are just the mental state of these women and just how it's they're not they're not allowed to be mentally stable. They're either drastically too protective or they are suffering from postpartum depression, basically, and we're rejecting and then and then just kind of I lose it. And this think... isn't the first time that we've seen a woman have a mental breakdown. I guess. So it's just I don't know. I just find over a soma boy. Yeah. Over a soma boy. And I don't know. I just found it like for me, like, at least, like, I was happy that Momiji doesn't hate his mother because of her. Because it's not okay that she's rejecting him, but also it's like, okay, well, she's not mentally okay. So I'm like, I like that he's not, vil- that she's not being vilified. But I'm just curious, are, do you, did you take it, did you think that she was being vilified? No, I didn't think so. I think that I found I found it like even though like I don't have kids or anything like that, but it's something that I often have panic attacks about. Um, <laughs> Same. So ask my therapist. Um, but um, but I th- I found it like pretty relatable, and I don't think that they villainize Mobiji's mom in any way. I think that it it in a way it's almost kind of like shedding a light on a situation that still very rarely gets talked about. I mean, we are I mean, of course we're three women, we are well aware of like postpartum depression and everything like that. And so, but it's still something that like isn't really talk, talked about as is, you know, all like women's health 
things. And so I totally could understand, like, because, again, like, these women aren't necessarily, like, born in the family. Um, and the, the Zodiac secret isn't something that's, like, broadcasted. So it's like, hey, by the way, if you marry a Soma, you could have a Zodiac kid. Um, so <laughs> that sounds really bad. But <laughs> it's true, though. Like, did yeah. this guy tell her that was even an option or was it a total did he, surprise? Did he even know? That's the other yeah. thing. And so I think between, like, because, like, first off, like, your kid's being born prematurely. So that's already, like, stressful in and of itself. And as much as, like, like it's, it's going to sound so bad, but it's also, like, very true. Um, but, like, a lot of the times when something bad happens to the baby, um, the, like, women will, like, sort of internalize that. Yeah. Um, not internalize. Yeah. Well, they'll, they'll internalize it. But they'll blame themselves because, and that's just, like, that's a natural, like, thing. Um, That's, like, something that, like, is pre-programmed into us. Um, And so, and so, like, first your child is born premature. Um, Then, like, you, so if you're, you know, you're already at risk for postpartum depression, then you can't even hold your child, like, this, you know, human this tiny human that you've you know spent the last seven months you know creating inside of you forming this bond like loving before it even existed really um and then you can't even like you can't even fully form a bond with it like i i if if it was me i would probably i i would probably be momiji's mom like honestly i can't imagine myself not being that way especially if maybe did they have problems like trying to have like a kid like was this an accident like there's so many other things to sort of get factored into it that i mean we're obviously not going to talk about um but or they're not going to talk about in the show but so like it's a it's one of those like it honestly makes sense to me and it's kind of nice that we're like portraying this and we're having like we're we're doing this um it's a little bit like refreshing you know, I mean, it it sucks that we're not calling it postpartum depression, given the light of the plot of the story and the whole like Zodiac situation. But that's really like if you that's its parallel is that so um, because that's a lot to take in. Like, you know, your kid's born premature and now you can't even like hold it. Because uh, if it's the opposite gender, because it's going to turn into an animal, like, that would be horrifying. Like, I, like, I screamed whenever it started raining walking out to the parking lot. Like, I can't imagine what I would do if, like, I went to hold my child and it suddenly turned into a cat. Like, I would freak out. Like, I'm already mentally unstable. Like, this is going to take it up 300 notches. So I I found his mom like 100% like relatable and sympathetic. She wasn't villainized in any way shape or form because that's a lot of pressure and no like no one person can handle all of that. So it, and that makes sense that like they would be overprotective or they would end up rejecting it given the circumstances. Gotcha. So Gotcha. Michelle, what are your what's your take? Well, I feel very similarly to April, and I feel like if it's not postpartum depression, it 
the first time I watched it, it kind of read it, it not in the same way. Cause like, this is more of a, like a legit curse. Like that's a right. whole other thing. But like, it did remind me of sometimes, you know, parents, people who want to have kids always imagine that their kids are going to be like normal and healthy and will integrate into society seamlessly and when it's a surprise when your baby's born with, say, a, a significant physical or mental disability, it is definitely an adjustment for parents to kind of reconcile with the fact that their kid's going to have a different life. And to and, and, and the same thing can kind of happen, right? Like you, right. you can either like embrace that and maybe be really overprotective because you're worried about your kid extra because they have extra hurdles to overcome because society isn't built to really support them the way they are. Um, or you reject them because you, you feel personally that like, like this can't be my baby. Like my baby should be perfect. Or like, there's no, like it's, it's my fault that this happened, but I don't want to deal with that and internalize it. So like, it's not the same thing, but in some ways, like I can see it reading similarly. And I think like, especially, yeah, like I have to think she didn't totally know that this was a thing that could happen and that her kid could be cursed with the animal form. Yeah. And that, that is like April saying, like that's such a heavy, hard thing to try to deal with and to not take it personally. Like, why did I give birth, my first kid, give birth to somebody who's cursed? What does that say about me? I, I can't handle this reality. And I think the thing that kind of supports that is that like she does have another kid and her kid's normal and she can embrace the normal child. So I feel like the, I don't blame her, but it just, I feel so sorry for Momiji because to him, that's totally going to read as like, well, there must be something wrong with me if she can't accept me, but she can accept this other kid. And maybe I am, you know, all the things she called me when she was not doing well which like yeah. again is why like i look back at all those times and momiji just wanted to hug toru and it's like yeah of course he does like his mom rejected him he felt probably like at least on part of how gross yuki felt you know growing up having akito tell him that no one never like him like momiji hasn't really had an option for a lot of outside people like his mom to embrace him either so hearing like this one girl is willing to do that like i'd want to hug her all the time too just to prove that she wouldn't run away or call me a demon and all that stuff like yeah. i can totally see him really wanting that from somebody after what happened to him as a kid totally. so it's just like oh it just breaks my heart but i don't i mean like i feel for the mom like, it's, it's a harsh thing to do to your kid, but, like, it is a harsh situation anyway. So I get it. I understand it. Yeah. You kind of blew my mind because you kind of <laughs> – you did – you basically were like, this is, like – you could you could have, like, kind of a, a, a queer reading of this show. That too. That you know, too. that's yeah. what you basically do. You were saying, like – it, like, in terms of like the parent reaction of like the rejection or just the overprotectiveness because your child is different and is going to face a life that's much much harsher than yeah. another child who would be quote unquote normal. So th th that kind of blew my mind. Uh, not going to lie. But yeah, I think that was the, the biggest thing that I appreciated and came away kind of feeling fine about, which is she's not vilified in any way you're not so and it's like you're just basically supposed to like 
feel bad in this situation. It's not even like, okay, here's like a good, bad side. It's not clear cut. It's just like, this situation sucks. And it's like, this is like very pain. It's a very painful, uncomfortable, and sad tragedy that happened, um, which I like. And that's not easy to do. Um, and I think it was because you get it from Momiji's perspective because yeah. he's the one yeah. saying it. And he doesn't blame her. I think that's a big yeah. part I think that's too, the right? thing. Yeah. And like it's not – and I like that he admits like, yeah, selfishly I wish she had fought back for me. But yes. You know, but he still looks out for her. He still obviously craves her love and he still loves he still loves her and he doesn't blame her. There's a difference between wanting someone to do something and then blaming him for not doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and yeah. I think it's it says a lot too to his mom that she – because – he was like five, I guess, whenever like she had her memory erased of him. And like like you kinda like have to admit, like, she really like stuck it out there. You know what I mean? Like it seemed at least cause like usually like postpartum hits hard and hits like immediately. Right. And so like and usually like it like it gets, I guess, like addressed like fairly quickly or I'm trying to think of how to say what I'm I want to say but like I mean it seemed like she kind of like gave it like five years you know what I mean like she really tried and like no one can like be upset with her for that um but yeah like Momiji is just such a sweetheart but also I'm mad at the family because they like left it up to Momiji to decide like hey like yeah. Like, we're gonna do this. And I, I was like, that's he, not fair to him. I, I, mean, I don't think he, okay, here, here's my, I don't know. dad is in a hard spot. I was like, he like, loves his kid and he loves his wife. Like, what, what do you do? No, but yeah. I think he was like, he was being like, he was saying like, hey, mommy, it's okay, right? Like, it's okay. Like, I'll love you just as much. I think if mommy said like, no, I don't, if mommy had gone against him, I think the dad would have still had them erase her. Like, she would have still had her memories erased. I think it's just that mommy G's like, a great child and was just like, I want to help my mom. But, um, but I don't know if like he was the end all be all decision maker in this. It kind of, I don't know. It kind of I mean, like how, felt that's like. That's how he kind of, that's how the show portrayed I don't know. I just like, I don't know. The way the dad was just like, it's okay, right? Like, I'll love you, which was very sweet of him to say. Like, I'll, yeah. I, I don't know if he fulfilled that promise of like, I'll love you twice as much to make up for it. Because we've never met the dad, and I think that if the dad wasn't fulfilling that, then that like that would have kind of been brought up in this as well. You know what I mean? Because Boiji does say he's just like you know, you know, my dad loves me. Like he said something along the lines of that m- led me to believe that like his dad is fulfilling his side of that promise. You know what I mean? Um, I'm, like he gets to see his dad like after you know school and everything like that. So. I think he's he's doing the best he can in the situation, and Momiji like Toru is just too pure, and yeah, <laughs> like like I, I th- it's like one of those like this is the situation I'm in, and I'm gonna make the most of it, and I think that's great. I think that's like so like positive and empowering. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is like honestly making the most of it too because he's not except like he's not letting his mom forget him she forgot who he is in the context of her but she still knows who he is as like a person who exists in the world she just assumes he belongs to somebody else's family but she she knows him and he sees her quite often and i feel like 
kind of. Because kind of. he did, yeah. he did say like, "Oh, she caught me again. I have to say sorry to dad. Oh, like, I have to apologize." Yeah. So I think, I think you're right. He does, he does like look out for her, and he's kind of like a, a a guardian angel, kind of looking in in the background. Like never, she never. He tries to not let her see him, but he's always watching, and not in the creepy way, but like in the cute way, um, <laughs> the genuine way, in the genuine way. But yeah, my big thing is there's only like three people we've met that have been just mentally not okay. That's, yeah, that's yeah. that's Kana. She had a mental breakdown, wiped her memories. That's uh, Momindi's mom had a mental breakdown, wiped her memories, and Akito, who is the villain of the show. <laughs> Who is the villain of the show? So it's kind of like, okay, like, what are you, like, I'm just saying, give me, give me, I don't know. It's like, give me, it's like, it's sad. It's weird. It's a weird argument. I'm just like, you know, like, it's, if you give me one more person who has, one more woman who has a mental breakdown and her memories are wiped so that she can like, like, women can survive trauma is what I'm saying. Like, stop, like, making it seem, like, Toru is like the pinnacle example of this. So I guess, like, if Toto didn't exist, I'd be very mad at the show, is what I'm saying. Cause I, don't, I don't think that they're trying to, like, say anything. I think, I think if anything, they're just trying to emphasize, like, because Toru's mom means so much to her and is where she pulls a lot of, like, her wisdom and her mi- mystical and magical healing powers from. Mm-hmm. And so I think that by sort of... Um, like showing these like contrasts in reactions. I mean, it's unfortunate that like it seems to, to be women, but I think the reason why is so that we can emphasize like just how great Toru is. Um, But also, uh, excuse me, but also like the, the comparison with her mom so that we can like, you know, like look at how amazing like Toru's mom is and just really like drive home that beat. Um, because her mom, I mean, her mom is amazing and was amazing and was everything to Toru. And so I think that just emphasizing that, like, I don't know, I can't, I, I'm having a really hard time putting it into words. I'm having a hard time expressing my thing into words, so I don't blame you. Um, because my thing is, like, Kana isn't a mom, but she still had, like, something traumatic happen, and then she had, like, a, a mental kind of a breakdown so that's why i'm like but it, no, i think it's valid i think it's like it's a combination of what april's saying in terms of like it it it's just like an unfortunate like thing that keeps happening that it keeps being these women who are brought into the family and it messes them up so badly they have to have their minds erased but i think taken like each thing separately it's trying to say slightly different things um depending on the situation but I feel like there's a reading for both, right? You you can look at Momiji's mom just in terms of like, yeah, this is like a fair representation of a thing that could happen to somebody in this situation. And that makes a lot of sense. And you don't vilify them. And it's just like, it's just tragic all the way around. But then you can take a step back and look at it from Beatrice's perspective and say like, yeah, but like within that, there are all these things that keep happening that play into this kind of obnoxious trope that we'd rather not see any more of. And I think like both are pretty fair. I think it just depends on how you want to look at it. But like, if something exists, it's fair to like 
talk about why you might not like it. But also, like, yeah, it. I don't know. I I don't like. No, it I, I I I agree. I like it. Yeah. It, just, it just sucks that like it's women like yeah. that we continue to see it for. But I also think that I, I mean, yeah. I for me, I'm just taking it as like we're just like further emphasizing like how amazing Toru is and how accepting she can be of this like tragic like situation that all of these like this family is in. And so but I, I think I'm just, I don't know. I'm just no, trying to be on the positive side of it. <laughs> just like to, to point out the fact that like, it's like multiple women having breakdowns being bad. Like that should not take away like the, the power of like what this means for Momiji's mom as a character. And it, the legitimacy of that is still very much there. So I feel like it doesn't have to be an either or situation because like, I agree with a lot of your points, April. So I think, like, it's still valid. Like, no matter what. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, yeah. Um, so can we get into theorizing, like, if if moms are either super protective or reject the child, is is does Yuki's mom, like, is no, she that's around? Sick. Yo and Yuki's yeah. moms, what's up with them? Where do they fall? I don't know, because, like, with Yuki, it's like, he he even said, my parents have never even seen me laugh this way. So yeah. it's not quite, like, I doubt Yuki's parents are protective. Doubt it. Because if the, if his mom was overly protective, do you think she would have let him be, that like, let Akito do that to him? No. Yeah, no. I wonder, I wonder if, like, Yuki's situation is just specifically unique. Like, if we found out that, like, Kyo's mom rejected him, um, that wouldn't surprise me. But just given, like, Kyo and his whole situation or his place in the, the whole Zodiac family. But, like, I, I wonder if, like, Yuki's is just unique simply because he's the rat and Akito has a crazy obsession with him. Um, so, because, <laughs> I mean, it, he, from, I mean, he d- doesn't laugh like that in front of his parents. But we also speculated that, like, oh, well, maybe just, like, as a precaution, they separate out the Zodiac members. I mean, obviously, they do. They have the inner, like, circle of the family and the outer ring of the family. And so, I wonder if, like... Like, even it doesn't matter whether the the parent rejects or is overly protective. They are still sort of, like, separated from their family. Because they had um, the hot spring lady, and, like, her son wasn't living there with her. So, like, who is he staying with? And, like, Mm. you know what I mean? Well, she was there because she was sick. So they said, like, she lives there because it's good for her health. Health. But, so it's like, but that doesn't mean that she can't, she, he can't visit or she doesn't yeah. see him. But so, I don't know. But she's also the, like, she's like the other extreme of right, she's the, the other mother extreme. situation. Like she's the overprotective one. Well, right. but she's also like sort of delirious from her illness too. So um, <laughs> sweet woman, she needs, <laughs> she needs to be healed. <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's. I I think I think Kyo's mom Kyo's mom is not here. I think she's she's dead. I think so. I think no! so. Too. I think if okay. she's dead, then she's gonna definitely bond with Toru over dead mom stuff, and they're gonna hook up. But, but that would also explain like why it was hard for him 
to have like to do the like the whole like an- like Tori's mom anniversary thing right, like right. that like that, that would make a lot of sense or or maybe his mom rejected him and so it's easier for him to just imagine that she's dead or she doesn't exist um because he doesn't have that connection with his mother right so okay. yeah two ways this could happen she died while giving birth to him which makes his father hate him, which adds to the whole thing of, like, Whoa. he's the rejected Zodiac. Or God. she rejected him. So she didn't die in childbirth, but she rejected him. And unlike Momiji's mom, she was successful in in hurting herself. Oh. And then that happened. Or something. Or I'm she just, just rejected him and literally doesn't talk to him or ignore him. Or that, or that she could or, just, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe she's somewhere like in, 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 I don't know, in Canada just enjoying her life, pretending he doesn't exist. Which is also not? very sad. I, <laughs> I like, sad. for some reason, I don't think that she didn't like, if, if the mom's dead and she's in that graveyard, I don't, I think I don't she had she's a, in that one. I but. think she had a good relationship because why else would Kyo ask Arisa if like she could talk to spirits because that implies he'd want to talk to his dead relative right yeah um true true she asked that that's but that's why I'm like maybe she just died through childbirth and he's just like I never got to know her and I blame myself because people tend to I don't know there's a lot of there's a lot I just I don't know there's there's something going on with Kyo for sure let's take Saki's words for granted there is chaos with this child and uh yeah but um let's talk about um visiting kyoko-san's grave let's talk about like that nice little scene um it's weird because it's a very morbid kind of setting but it is a happy kind of second half of the episode at least it's really outside yeah second half outside like the last like two minutes because that was the whole thing. <laughs> oh my god, we're gonna get there. <laughs> that was an entire thing. Um, but yeah, so we Toto is immediately aware that Kyo's going through something. Like she's like she knows that something's up with him. Arisa and Saki continue to be amazing, and we learn that Kyoko-san's parents were estranged. They're not part of Toto's life. Do you think that they're gonna come back? Do you no. think they're going to make an appearance or are they like, they're gone, we don't care about them? They're gone. <laughs> April's like, get them out of here. I want to see them again. Like, I can't, I can't imagine in what situation they would come back. Because they probably don't even know that they have a granddaughter. Like, I, like, do they even know that their daughter is dead? I would think probably not. Like, so. I, maybe I just they- don't. Maybe they do, and they don't. They're like, I, we yeah. cut her off. We're strange. We don't. Yeah, which is also very sad. Oh yeah, I hope um, not. But uh, but yeah, and then we also learn that Todu's dad died. It was of a cold or complications from a cold, which brings Todu being worried about Yuki into perspective for Yuki. Yeah. Yuki doesn't mm-hmm. can't possibly imagine that Todu is worried also because she cares about him in a different way. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's hilarious. Yes, yeah, like, oh, she's worried because of her dad, not because she's my friend. <laughs> I mean, I think he probably just thinks like, oh, she's worried because of her dad. That's why. And it's like me in the background. No, you dummy. <laughs> yeah, this one was right. Like, they all really dense about love in all yes. of its forms. All of them. All of them. Yeah. So Yuki kind of remembers 
like the day that it happened, the day mm-hmm. that Kyoko-san passes, passed away in the day of the accident. Um, and he basically says what we've said, which is he can't believe someone who suffered so much can be so cheerful when talking about Toru. And taking everything into account, taking not only learning it's been a year, not only seeing the day coming from Yuki's perspective, but also while, you know, while we heard Momiji's uh, story, we got these very brief flashbacks to Toru, like, at the hospital, going to see, like, confirming it, it's her mom. Like, walking away from this episode, how has your, has your view of Toru changed? Is, has, did anything change, whether that's dramatically or not, on where you fall when it comes to Toru after learning what we did in this episode? If anything, I think I admire her that much more um, because everyone's just like, I can't believe that someone, you know, they can like so many people and even us have said, like, we can't believe how cheerful she is despite everything. And I think that it takes a very strong individual to be like to come out like on top, like. All of those things that happened to her are, like, extremely tragic. And no one's trying to take that away from her. But I, like, a lot of the times I take it, or I take things like, it depends on how you interpret it and how you choose to walk away from something. And so for Toru to be able to gather herself enough to put a smile on every day and to care about others as much as she does that like that is a very strong and like very very strong person both like mentally and like emotionally um and i'm not saying that i don't think that she like has any type of like uh, like that she's not capable of feeling sadness because she 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 is yeah Yeah, like she she does she did and she does and she's shown us you know these like softer moments of her um personality and her character but like i like i want to be that strong like <laughs> so cuz i just i love that like i love that she is just insanely like put together and that she can be like a stable support not only for like you know the somas and her friends but for herself as well um it's it's incredible so yeah. that's 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 my uh, I'm in love with Toru and this is why. <laughs> so I will step off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I can't disagree with you. <laughs> I want to jump off that. Um, I think all that's absolutely hundred percent right. And I'd say like one thing I really appreciate about this episode is it helped me realize a lot of parallels that um, Toru and Momiji have. To each other because yeah. I, ver- I very much took their conversation as a, them both acknowledging in different ways this really pivotal loss of a mother in their lives um and I think honestly this helped under- me understand also why Momiji sees Toru the way he does and treats her her willingness to be kind with so much respect because in his own way he kind of has a very similar approach like both of them have these very tragic losses and they decide instead of being really bitter or closing themselves off and shutting down to stay really happy and cheerful and present that 
part of themselves to the world, um, despite having all this like turmoil going on underneath the entire time and continuing to have that. And I think that's like, that's really interesting that they share that much in common. And that also makes me like so glad like when Momiji like finishes the story and like she hugs him. Like if she didn't hug him, I would have been so upset. <laughs> so needed to hug him. It's such a sad story. And like it's such a nice moment because like they're they're crying together and he's bunny form, still crying. And it's like, yeah, like like she she finds strength from Momiji in that moment. Yeah. Like she's yeah. so used to being the one to pump people up with her stories about her mom. But it's his story saying, like, you know, I I I want to have these memories because I don't want to let go of them because I want to be stronger coming out the other side one day to to be able to like handle it fully and she's like yeah like I honestly same I wanted to do the same thing with my own situation with my mom passing and I think that's like such a great kinship moment between them and it's just so nice like they're like Toru is very strong and I think like possibly she's had a, a a stronger wider effect on more people than momiji but i think what they're going through is very similar and and their motivation to kind of get through it um and be happy about it or at least as much as they can is like really wonderful and i'm glad it's like more than one person too because yeah. like yeah. now like if she has a motor weakness she can go to momiji and vice versa because like it is a very similar situation in that regard. So I'm glad they have each other for that because it's a very special, particular kind of loss and approach to dealing with it. And they share that, and that's really great. Well, and yeah. that's something that they share that they don't share with other people. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the only, I guess, the, and what, but that also explains why Momiji is also attached to Hatori. Because Hattori went through, even though it wasn't with his mother, he went through something similar with Kana. And so that makes sense that Momiji mm, yeah. would be, you know, find that, you know, a high level of kinship with Hattori. But then, like, him and Toru went through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to some degree. And that, like, they don't have that with anyone else. So that makes sense why, like, they, they're, they you know, they instantly bond. And then they've also chosen to approach it from the, you know, the same perspective as you said, Michelle. So, like, they, like, they don't have that with anyone else. Like, I mean, if, if I had to, you know, if, if I didn't know any better or want anything else, like, I would say that, like, Toru and Mobiji would be endgame, but that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so. they, are the, they are basically the same age, despite yeah, what they look like, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I will say, if anything, um, I think, not that they go go by the same approach, I think in this episode, we learned that Toru was still struggling, I mean, still struggled with what happened, despite her facade of being yeah. so happy and positive. She was still struggling with those memories. And I think she did wish to forget them. And it wasn't until she had this kind of talk with Momiji that she goes, one day I hope to cherish these memories like you do. Right? Doesn't she say something along those lines? Yeah, so like, I it, think yeah, it implies she, she isn't there yet. Like, right. she still has a lot of pain. Exactly. But, Which, but, to but, me, what I like is that it, it, it shows that she is... She is learn. She kind of saw, usually what usually what happens with the show is we see people learning from Todu. We see them 
like Toru will say some incredibly like a nuanced thing and then the person whoever it is will become a better person for it or whatever this is I think the first time we see it flipped in a way outside of say that episode where um Yuki and Kyo went to go get her from her grandfather's house and her cousin aunt's house um where she someone else told told a story and Toru was the one who took something to learn from well, and but that makes sense too because Momiji has sort of has been, do, I guess, Doesn't doing this for yeah. longer. Yeah, and so I think for Toru that must be like super comforting to know that like, hey, look, here is a person who's made it out on the other side. Like her mom only passed away a year ago. Like, yeah, she's not going to be over it right away, but like, like. It it must be so nice for her to know that, like, this is what the other side could look like for me, um, rather than, like, you know, s- staying in the grief and, like, reveling in that sadness. So I think, I agree. I think it's, it's, it's really nice and refreshing that Toru gets to have, like, that gets to be the person affected versus having an effect on other people. Yeah. 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 That's, really that's nice. it. That's that's th- those are the words that need to be said together. <laughs> those are the words. <laughs> um, but but yeah, we got that lovely moment with like Saki and Kyo, where he's like, "Can you speak to ghosts?" And she's basically Professor X, and it's like, "No, I can read thoughts, but like not, but kind of." Um, I can read your waves, and they're crazy. What's going crazy, on? Crazy, Kyo. They're crazy. They're out of control. <laughs> it's chaos, I tell you, chaos. Um, <laughs> And Kyo looks so scared when she says that he's chaotic. And then Toru comes in. And I just want to talk very briefly. When Toru grabs Kyo, we get a shot of her hand touching his arm. It's a very deliberate shot of, you know, of touching. So I'm just saying, hmm, like, what does this mean? Like, You don't go to her! Because (laughs) (laughs) look, Momiji's like it's not even like ambiguous at this point. The show shipping Kyo as Endgame. Momiji's like, oh, like Yuki's gonna get you. When's Kyo gonna come get you? And then then her friends had the whole conversation about like Yuki's not even an option anymore. Like, oh, Kyo, yeah, I think he likes her. Oh, maybe they're gonna get married. Like, this is not subtle. Okay, I mean, it's still, there is, what when Saki was like, look, Kyo and Yuki are both very chaotic. Like, those boys are still very chaotic, which I really appreciate when when Saki said this, which is, she's basically saying they're unable to start a romantic relationship right now because they are dealing with their trauma. They are too chaotic at the moment that they're not ready to start something. Even though uh, Arisa is just like, well, you know, like, love happens when it happens. Like, you never see it coming. Saki's like, they're not ready yet. Which I really <laughs> like that. I, that's, yeah. like, that sense of maturity of like, oh, like, you shouldn't be willing to start something romantic or have you such an intense relationship. Yeah. yeah, you gotta learn there, love yourself first. Don't even try. <laughs> which is very important. But again, she said it for both. We saw both Kyo and Yuki there. So maybe... Like, that, was I, the crumb, that was the crumb that, that Yuki was the crumb. got. 
the, the crumb. All the rest of it was for cute. And like, that's okay, like, well, fine. Whatever. I got like, so many things for Yuki. I think it's fair that to this, th- this week we got something for cute. I but think like, that's fair. This is other yeah. characters talking about it. Like Yuki's been doing all the work for himself being really obvious. <laughs> okay, but like Shigure, so like, remember when Shigure was like, oh, remember like Yuki was like a complete mess trying to get you and oh, Yuki that's blushes. Oh, that's that something it. that happened earlier. Like granted, like, yeah, Kyo has these other again, Yuki's much harder than read to read than Kyo. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So maybe like I'm just saying it's <laughs> don't 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 abandon ship just yet. I don't want to abandon. <laughs> I'll cling to the railing as it sinks into the ocean. Oh, I have on. to. I won't come leave on. it. Oh <laughs> uh, rip. Okay, so yeah, so that happens. That was a nice little, like, breather for us. They had a picnic in a graveyard, which is really funny. And then we get these, like, last two minutes. And, like, <laughs> not even last two minutes. Like, oh, a minute. Like, 30 God. seconds. Where Koda's, like, sleeping. She, like, had a long day. She was drinking some tea. Then she fell asleep outside um, in the patio i don't know what it's called like the backyard i guess i don't know um and kill like goes up and tries to wake her up because he's like you're gonna get sick and then he and this is where i'm he leans in now this is where i'm confused he basically leans in as if he's gonna kiss her up yes does he kiss her no and because he says basically we get a close-up of him saying i'm sorry and it's like, all right, are you sorry for what you're about to do in terms of, like, you're about to, like, leave or you're about to do, like, I don't know, something's about to happen that you've been thinking about and, you, like, I don't know, maybe he's going to run away. I don't know what he's going to do. Or is it, but did he, like, lean in, kiss her, and then we only see the cut to him being like, I'm sorry, because he kissed her. I don't think Kyo is at a place where he can kiss anybody. I think that's why it's hard to believe that he, I think what happened is he, like, obviously he's interested in her because she's cute as hell like you know it's true um but um he he's attracted to her and like they're alone and he's just like kind of like he sees her sleeping and she's it's very vulnerable and she looks so nice and he wants to kiss her but he can't bear to do it because of all the self-work he has left like i don't think he thinks he's worth toru at this point, I don't think he has a very high opinion of himself. I think a lot of that has to do with all the cat stuff. I don't think the other half of that has to do with like the the extra curse thing that hasn't been brought up in a while, but is very much in play. And I think honestly, she's gonna have to to go to him first before he really is willing to make a move on her. I think that's everything to do with his characterization at this point. So I I don't believe that he kissed her. I think he apologized because he he doesn't feel like he can. And he's like, sorry, I, I can't do that. I can't even smooch you. I'm so sorry. Okay. Well, okay. So you think he's like apologizing for even like for not being able to go through with it? Yeah, that's what I All think. All right. Okay. April, do you think that he's apologizing for not being able to go through it? Like, Michelle, do you think he's apologizing because he did it? Or do you think he's apologizing for something completely different? I think he's apologizing for something completely different. What? Like, what? So, so what I think that he's apologizing for is because um, 
It it seems like I mean we've we've already discussed like multiple times how Kyo has a problem opening up to people, and so I think that at least in my interpretation of this, it's that he's apologizing because. Like, well, for one, like, she asked him to be a part of some, you know, like, something that, like, meant a lot to her. And he, you know, it's her mom, the anniversary of her mom's passing. And she invited him along. Um, and so I think he he was apologizing, not just because, like, he, he wasn't necessarily, like, on board with it. Like, so that may have come, like, in his head, or at least I'm thinking inside of his head, he was probably thinking like, oh, she thinks I don't care about her. And so, or like what's important to her, which isn't true. And so I feel like he's apologizing because he's like, hey, like I shut myself down and like I put distance between like me and the people that I care about the most. And I'm sorry because like, I don't want that for us. So I sort of interpreted it that way. Um, mm. And I could be completely wrong, but that's just kind of like, like, and I don't think that he kissed her either. So I think he was just saying, like, I'm sorry because I want to be close to you, but I'm not yet there or ready to be this close to you yet. But he's trying and he's, he, oh. you know what I mean? Mm. So I think this might also be like a turning point for him, too, is because, like, he may feel really guilty because, you know, because Toru's mom means everything to her. And for him to just not be like, you know, come at it with the same enthusiasm that, like, Yuki did, it probably hurt him just a little bit, and he probably feels guilty about that. So, I, I, that's how I'm choosing to interpret the situation. Gotcha. I hope he didn't kiss her, because that's not cool. You don't kiss someone who's, like, in their forehead! Yeah, okay, very, maybe. Very rarely is it romantic. With, yeah. Like, <laughs> in it's real creepy. Life. Like, I blame yeah. Sleeping Beauty for this. Because suddenly it's like, oh, it's romantic. It's not romantic. It's creepy. You don't kiss someone when they're asleep. It's a crime. It's like, I think it's a crime. That's borderline crime. Um, um, don't do that, people. But um, I think he's going to, I think he's, he's apologizing because he's going to do something. He's going to do something. Whether that's like fight with Yuki in a way that Tony's not going to like. Oh, run or away he's again. Hurt. Maybe he's gonna, gonna yeah, maybe or he's just he's gonna do something that's gonna hurt Toru, which makes me nervous because he's shown like especially when he talked to Saki, like he looks scared, he looked freaked out. Um, he's just been off. He hasn't been a hundred percent there, even after when they had that talk, you know, in the forest, him and him and Toru, like even then, like they haven't, unlike Toru and Yuki. I think him, Toru and Kyo have yet to bond in that way. Like, have yet, like, he has yet to fully open up to her in a way that Yuki has. Um, and so, like, and, you know, we, Toru has seen Yuki at his most vulnerable when, you know, after the whole Akito incident. Whereas, I don't know if we've seen, we've seen her see Kyo at his most vulnerable yet. I don't think we know exactly what his demons are just yet. And yeah. I yeah. think what this episode, the st- that this ending finale of this episode, this is going to be, ba- he's apologizing for what's about to happen. Like, and I, I don't know what that is, and I'm scared. Like, yeah, that could be extra curse that Kyo has. Oh my god, wait, I, what if he I has didn't, literally- I, didn't, I didn't even think about that. Right? Oh, that's, 
That's we smarter haven't talked about it in forever. <laughs> yeah, the curse is still in play. Yeah. I was thinking, like, what if he's literally like, he's like, you know, I didn't say I'm sorry for your loss this whole time, so I'm just gonna like whisper oh, wow. in your ear no, at no. the wrong moment. Hey, sorry, your mom's dead. Uh, just so you know, no, I know I didn't say no. anything. It's funeral, but. <laughs> I'm sorry because like she's suffered through so much you know he's yeah, just goes, he, like I'm he, so sorry he, that you've struggled you know he's yeah. just saying it in a very like intense way when she can't hear him but maybe that's it maybe we're worrying about nothing maybe he's just awkward know. and it's the best moment right, <laughs> right. I, I don't know I don't know but while this whole thing was going down oh my god the other the other thing, okay, because you say you say the ship is sinking, but well, this happens. Yeah, this is what I like. Show well for God's sake, like, Yuki. You, you gotta, you gotta choose a side because this is painful. Now it was his hat. What does that mean? Is it his hat? I mean, he yes, recognizes the hat. Yes, because so we get a flashback. We get a flashback from Yuki's perspective. Her running to the mom and the hat, and falling, the hat off. falling off. He was there to see that happen. He was it, the child. He's he 100% was, he his hat. Been. Yeah, he's hat boy. He's, he's hat, hat boy. boy. He's hat boy. So, like, Yuki is, like, the epitome of, like, that, like, First love, childhood, romance, potential, whatever thing. Because he he, he was the little kid who saved her when she was lost. And she kept the hat. The hat. She kept the hat. Why did she keep the hat? Uh-huh. You know, she kept it. He saw it. Like, for a second, for the briefest moment, I thought when he was looking in, he was looking in at, at Kyo leaning in. No, I her. thought so, too. Because it, it cuts yeah. right from the almost. Right from there. To him. Yeah. yeah. Which I kind of wish we, we'd seen that because that would be really cool to see, like, ooh, drama. But he. I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> okay, one, like, why is this such a. Is this a big deal? Like, it doesn't have to be a big deal. It that's could just a, be. That's what I'm worried about that it's not actually a big deal anymore because that was a long time ago and now she has a cat boy, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I it just don't need... matter. Look, I'm just mean, like, okay, so this kid, like, helped her, you know, find her way home. Like, she, it, like, Tony was never said, like, oh, I'm in love with this kid. Like, oh, I, yeah. like, he was my first love or something. This child that <laughs> she doesn't know. Like Yuki, though, because, like, again, Yuki didn't have a lot of friends at that age or ever. And for him to go out of his way to help this girl that he's kind of terrified of because he can't let her touch him. That's why he's running away from her. <laughs> I, I, he doesn't do this every day, right? So I, there's not a doubt in my mind that that isn't a strong memory he also holds. He just didn't realize that she was that same girl. Oh, my God. Uh, I just, I just, oh, my God. Guys. What? Guys. What? So what? Okay. This is <laughs> this episode with Momi, Momiji looking at his mom and his sister from a distance. Um, his mother whose memories were wiped because he... Because she does, and she doesn't remember him, and whatever. Yeah. What if? And we know, we know that that little boy was looking at Toru. The hat boy was looking at Toru from a distance. We know that there was a child whose memories were wiped because Yuki's secret was told. What if Toru was that child? No, because she remembers him, though. No, I mean, I know, I mean, like, what if she was in an instance where in that one, the one instance. Yes, yes, Where, the one Like, instance. they were playing, and 
he accidentally ran into her or whatever happened whenever they were a kid and they had to wipe all all the memories of the people at the park. What yes! if she was the girl who ran into him? What if? And then he helped her. Oh. He helped, she knows him. Oh my goodness. That, that is um, insane, but it's this show was already so small world that that hat was Yuki, so maybe it's maybe oh it could be God. true. What if, like, I that's I, that's wild. Like, I'm just saying so that would be that's so sweet, not- though. That would mean so much if he's like, Man, I'm sorry I scared you, but I'll still help you find your mom. Your mom? Yeah, I'm just saying, she wouldn't I'm just even saying, remember like, or recognize him, yeah. right. so. but that's what I mean. Like, that's what, and maybe that's why he doesn't recognize her because the last that's the last time he like he saw her and then you see so maybe because that's what i mean is like this could just it doesn't have to be a big deal but yuki reacts to the hat in a very big deal way he remembers that moment okay so that would also make sense because she we can only assume that like she grew up like wherever she lived with her mom and grew up is near the Soma house or the Soma estate. Right. And so, because also they go to the same high school and I know like, um, what is it? Like, you know, you can apply to different high schools and take the trains and do all that stuff. But like you, like they, it never seemed like she like moved outside of her area. You know what I mean? So, (gasps) Oh my gosh. What if, dude? I mean, I mean, I'm just saying cuz like again, it doesn't have to be a big deal unless it's like it needs some substance for it to be a big deal. Well, for and him, this like, is the first time we've matter. talked about the hat. And in like of the few possessions that she had in like the tent, she had the hat. So, like Did- did Saki and Arisa sit like kid with her that that was her first love no, or something? No, they did. They uh, said, "What if you find they- that but they, when they were in the bed, yeah, they were they in the bed, and he said, "Oh, that boy is probably your first love." Would it be crazy they, if you met him again? The hat. Yeah, she's like, oh. "I don't know, would be crazy. I don't know what would happen." Yeah, they totally talked about it. They totally talked about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my god, I am so sold on this. If this is not what happens, I'm gonna be <laughs> if, very upset. I would be so upset if it's Yuki's hat for sure, and they don't become Endgame now. That's gonna be very frustrating. I'm just. If, like, I just, okay, so now now I'm nervous because <laughs> I feel like, okay, you know, like, for instance, oh, God, I was about to spoil something, but no, okay, if it's Yuki's hat. Yeah. Because, we again, we don't 100% know it's his hat. If it's Yuki's hat, it, it's going to, if they, they, I feel like if it is and he is that boy, I I don't know if they're going to end up together because then it's too obvious. What? Right? Is it? If it's, I mean, not now, but like in terms of like, like, okay, it's like the boy who saved you when you were younger. And now, I don't know. I feel like it'd be too perfect for them to, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know. I'm just, I am so confused. I'm com- psyching myself out. I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I hear you. I I, I honestly, I could see a universe where they don't end up together. But my hope is honestly that she at least dates him first and gives it a, a good college try. And if they have to go their separate ways, it's because they are sure that it's not what they want. Because otherwise, like it'll always be a what if. 
We have 60 plus episodes. We do. If they don't at least like give it a try, I'm going to be very upset. Yeah. yeah like yeah. if they don't end up here, that's one thing. But if they don't even try, like I'm going to be really sad. <laughs> it's going to be really sad. Um, But yeah, and that was the episode. Uh, do you guys have any, well, what do you guys think of the new closing, like the new ending that we get? The animation transitions are really cute and all the animals. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the song. Yeah. Um, Me too. I like both of the songs, really. Yeah. Yeah. Great job choosing the songs. Props. (laughs) Way to Um, go, guys. (laughs) Way to go, guys. Um, any kind of closing thoughts before we finish or have we all said our piece? think i've said my piece yeah so. i don't know how the next episode's gonna top this honestly like you, you can't have too many emotional things in a row so it's probably gonna be a lot more hijinksy but i mean i don't know i don't know where we go from here honestly maybe we talk about that hat some more probably not That'd i mean they can't, we have to though they can't it, just like leave us on like that happens so often these shows a big plot thing and they don't talk about it for like three episodes and then it randomly comes back like That's the hat true. will fall off her chair and she'll be like oh yeah that hat I wonder who it belonged to and then maybe I've we kept find it all out. these years yeah, yes, all these years what does it mean but I don't know if we're gonna find out next episode as much as I want to know right away right yeah yeah that's fair okay all right I hope that it doesn't drag on too much though I hope we yeah, do get uh, some sort of like closure somewhat soon I'm as in like I don't want this to bleed into like season two of Fruits Basket since we're still in the first season I don't want it to bleed into season two um but yeah my last thought is um the legend of crimson butterfly of route seven I need that prequel anime and I need it now thank you like Uh, (laughs) like please confirmed to be in a legit gang that's so awesome it's going like, to be a love story. Probably. It's yeah. going to be the story of how she's in this gang and she meets Toru's dad and she falls in love. He falls in love. She's got he, that coach. She's a gangster. Like, right? how would he say no to that? He he continuously chases her until she, she finally admits that she's not as... Uh, what is it hard as she thinks she is and that she truly does love him and then the gang's like don't leave us and she's like I have to for love and his family's like you suck she's trash and he's like no I love her <laughs> I can see you're this. a trash fam <laughs> you're right like I okay I'm gonna write it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Right. We we await we await the the legend of Crimson Butterfly of Route Seven fic. As um, told by April. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that does it for us. You can find out all the info on this podcast at overlyanimated.com. You can join us on Discord to text chat about animation at overlyanimated.com/discord. You can support us via Patreon at patreon.com/overlyanimated. Thanks to all our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, David, aka Papa. Pop, uh, hold on, I can say this. Pop, 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 papillion. Pop, pop, papillion. <laughs> and thanks as always to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Beatrice, Hugh, and Michael. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.